But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his words are not in us. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell and it is a great joy to be here, to be able to be a part of worship today and celebrate what God has done, what God continues to do in and through us. And my hope is that, that you, will, uh, you will take seriously this journey that we're on. We've been talking this past few weeks about let there be light, and that light gives us, uh, gives us so much in the way of understanding who God is and, and what God is calling us to. It overcomes fear and calls us into uh, a new life in the life of Jesus Christ. And if you're new here, you picked a great time to join us. We are excited to have you with us, and, and I hope that in this time, in this, this uh, opportunity that we have to come together, that you will recognize that, hey, we are all in this together, that we all are on the same journey. It might take different twists and turns, but we're all on the same journey, and, and you are invited to come on that journey with us because that journey, in our case, leads to a better understanding of who God is and a better understanding of what God wants from us and how we get to partner with God to make a difference on behalf of Jesus. So I'd like to invite you to come with us on this journey, to join with us, to, to grow with us in our relationship with God and our relationship with others so that we can be for the world uh, the light of Jesus Christ. When I was uh, a young father, my daughter, uh, who last week I talked about was, was afraid of the dark, uh, she received a, a digital camera as a Christmas or a birthday gift. I'm not sure which one, but it was one of those uh, little cameras that you could take like eight or 10 pictures was all the card would hold on it, but then you could zoom into it. Uh, and, and so the zoom was pretty much unlimited. You could zoom in as far as you wanted. And I'm sure that if you zoomed in far enough, you could see the molecular structure of items. Uh, but it was just one of those digital cameras that she received and she just loved it. She would take pictures of the most bizarre things. You know, you would, you would see a picture of the roof of the school bus or uh, the back of the, the a fence that, that had no color texture or anything that was interesting, but she would just take pictures of everything. She loved that camera. Well, one day while she was at home, her bed was pressed up against the wall and something fell between the wall and her bed. And she had tried to find it and dig it out and reach for it and couldn't get it. Uh, and I don't even remember what that was, but uh, her solution to this was, well, it's on the far side of the bed. So if I take a picture of it, maybe I can put a stick under there or, or a ruler under there that's long enough and I can grab it and knock it out. And so she took a picture of, of the underside of her bed. Now, this was when she was like seven or eight. So it was before she started using her bed, her, the underside of her bed, to hide all of her clothes and, and toys and everything that she had in her room. Uh, that came later. Uh, but she, she took a picture under the bed. And then what she did, because she couldn't see it, because there wasn't a good flash, she started zooming in on the picture. 
And the, the closer she got in on the picture, she started noticing something that, that made her nervous. And she got to a point and screamed and ran out of her room. Uh, and it wasn't like a, a little joking scream. It was like a scream, a real scream, like she was afraid. And she ran out of her room and came to me and said, Dad, there is a monster under my bed. Now, at eight years old, you're kind of like, well... Uh, We've already been through this a few times. And so we had a conversation about, no, there's not. Dad, I have proof. And she hands me the camera. And what we see on the camera looks to be a glowing eyeball staring back at her. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss because it, it is pretty convincing that it is an eyeball. There's a pupil and it's glowing yellow, like with anger. And so, you know, then I figured out, well, she had zoomed this camera in so far. So I kind of zoomed it out and, and we couldn't figure out what it was. We couldn't solve the problem just with that small set of perspective that we had. So I decided uh, as a good parent, uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to help my daughter to get past the fear of a monster being under her bed. Uh, uh, and so we, we take the mattress off and we take the, the frame off or, or we take the spring, box spring off and the only thing that's left is the frame. And, and we're looking under the bed and there's, there's almost nothing under there. I mean, there's a few toys that have fallen down from the back of the bed. And so I had to actually move the mattress and, and the frame away from the wall so that we could get, get a closer look. But one thing we did notice right away, there's no monster under there. So Savannah was immediately more comfortable, uh, except uh, that, you know, monsters only come out when it's dark. So the monster could still be there. We just can't see it. Uh, so we're walking around on her, uh, on the floor, uh, on our hands and knees, not walking around, on our hands and knees, trying to find out what it was. And we found what was causing the issue. We found a, a Lego that was like a, a, a yellow trans, transparent flashlight or a ray gun or whatever that had a, a circle in the front of it. And so when, when she zoomed in on that picture, she, it, it just caught the light just right and reflected and made it look like it was a glowing eyeball. This has affectionately become known as uh, Savannah's Demon Lego because she was convinced that there was a monster there. And, and to be totally fair to her, uh, in the past few years is really when she's stopped being upset about us sharing this conversation. Um, because it, when, when this happened, she got her feelings hurt because she, she thought we were making fun of her because she didn't have the right perspective of what was going on. And, and it took uh, opening up the, the underside of the bed so that we could all see what was going on, so we could figure out what was going on. And, and one of the things that, that becomes evident in this story is that, quite frankly, light provides perspective. Light provides perspective and gives us the ability to understand our surroundings and the things that are happening in our world. And, and light gives us a little bit more of a, a point of view and a point of reference to say, hey, we understand how, how things are. Last week we talked about how darkness can bring about fear and that light overcomes fear. And that's that same, same concept is that uh, the, the, the darkness, in the darkness, it's hard to see all the things that are going on and understand the world around us to the way that we're 
comfortable with. And in the light, it is so much easier. And when we started this series, the whole idea was that we wanted to understand and grow in our understanding of who God is and and the light of the world that has been sent into the world. And, And Jesus comes to be the light of the world so that he can right set our perspective, so that he can allow us to shift a perspective from one of darkness to one of light. John's gospel says this, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. No one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus is the light of the world come into the world so that we can gain perspective, so that we can start to understand the gift that we have received in Jesus, and we can start to live into that hope and into the promise that God offers to us. Jesus comes into the world as a light to help us to gain godly perspective, to help us to understand that and and to help us to see uh, a little bit better the way before us, the way around us, and other people that are on the journey as well. Psalm 119 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God comes into the world to provide light for us. And that light is a light of understanding and perspective. That light paints a picture for us that, that, that quite frankly, is countercultural to everything that the world would have us believe. Because what that light provides for us is a picture that we are all on the same page when we start out. The playing field is level. We're all humans, broken and sinful, in need of a Savior. We don't get into a good relationship with God because we've done enough. We don't get into a good relationship with God because we've lived a good enough life. We don't get into a good relationship with God because we were born in the right country or because we had enough money or because we are downright handsome enough. We get into a right relationship with God because Jesus offers himself to us. Here's what Romans says about this. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Here's what this means. There's no difference between anyone. There were, in, in the mind of the Jew, there were two classifications of people, those who followed the law, those who were Jews, and those who didn't, and they were Gentiles. That encompassed everybody in the world. So what, God is, what, Paul is, saying, what God is saying through Paul is that every Jew, everyone who has been following the law, even as young as they start following the law, and every Gentile have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone starts out on the same page. We are all broken and in need of a Savior. And it continues, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus All are justified. All have sinned and fall short, but all are also justified. God comes so that we may have life, and in Him that life that is in us becomes the light of our lives. And and that light shines and gives us new perspective, and that perspective is one of, of equality, that we are all, all sinners in need of a Savior. 
And as it said in the beginning, if you deceive yourself and you say you don't sin, then, then you're calling Jesus a liar. And, and, and that's definitely not the path that we want to be on. We want to embrace Christ and, and live into his promise and, and see that each and every one of us in a church and outside of the church and the world around us are precious in the eyes of God. Jesus says this in John's gospel. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus comes to give us the perspective that offers us hope. And that is, first, that we can receive true life in Jesus Christ. But the hope is that so can everyone else. So can everyone else. And, and we need to come to grips with that and realize that we are no better than anyone else in the world. And I don't care what your socioeconomic background is. I don't care what your political view is. I don't care anything about that because that, that is how the world views and ranks people. But that's not how God does it. God looks at us and sees precious children that he created so that he could love. And his desire is for us to love him in response. And this is the hope that we have in Jesus. And this is the life that God calls us to. And this is the truth that we need to come to understand. And so in this, we need to do some stuff. We need to embrace what Jesus has promised to us. And we need to get this new perspective through our heads that, that the people that we pass on the road holding signs saying, please, uh, please stop and give me, I'm, I'm hungry, I need food, that they're precious in the eyes of God. And, and those who have million dollar jobs are precious in the eyes of God and everyone in between. That God co comes for each and every one of us. And, and that's the hope and the light that Jesus offers. That's the perspective that we can gain when we turn to Jesus. And that the key is this. We need to realize, we need to realize that we need Jesus. We need Jesus each and every day, and, and we need to embrace that concept. And, and each and every day, God makes that ability new for us, that we can accept and realize each moment of every day even that we can follow Jesus and that we need Jesus in our lives. And so what are the things that we can do in order to embrace that lifestyle, in order to uh, embrace this countercultural worldview of everyone is on the same, same starting point and that we need to love and embrace and, and lift up and, and, and give hope to each person that we encounter and grace what, what does that look like? And the first step in that is confession. And, and this is not a, a word that we like, uh, and it's not a word that we often say. And most of the time when we talk about confession, it's, I'm going to go into my closet. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your closet, shut the door and pray. Uh, and we're all about that. We go in the closet and we say, God, we're really bad people. God, I'm, I'm really sorry. And sometimes we even uh, can be overly harsh on ourselves. God, I never do anything right. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And that's not what confession is all about. Confession, uh, as they say, is good for the soul. And here's why. Because when we confess to God our brokenness, God starts to heal it. 
When we open ourselves up to God, God fills that emptiness with himself. And so we start to come alive more and more in Jesus Christ when we confess our brokenness before God. I, I said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. When I first became Christian, I was like, eh, I, I'm, I'm a pretty good guy. I didn't do all that much wrong today. You know, I, I, I kind of had a good day. And now uh, I look back each, each evening. I do confession in the morning and in the evening because I need it twice. Uh, and I tell God all of the things that I've done wrong in the morning, uh, which are maybe things that I even dreamt about. Why, why would I dream that, God? I have no idea. Uh, and, or uh, things that I have done during my day. So I, I have two times of confession where I, I approach God and I say, God, I am not what I want to be in you. Help me to be more like you. Uh, I, I had anger issues. I had, uh, you know, animosity towards somebody else. Uh, whatever it was, I confess that before God. And then friends, then I have to take it a step further. Because the truth is, confession before God isn't, what Jesus, isn't the extent that Jesus calls us to. Uh, we're called to confess our sins to God and to one another. So we need to find someone else, someone that can hold us accountable, somebody that is an accountability partner to us. Uh, I, had, I, I was trying to start a group of guys that were going to be an accountability group. Uh, and I asked this younger uh, father of, of a kiddo, I said, hey, would you be in an accountability group with us? And his response was, oh, I don't do accountability well. <laughs> and my, my thought then and now is none of us do. None of us do because we don't like to have others know how, just how jacked up we are. But in Jesus... In the light that he gives us and in this new perspective, we need to understand that that is how God heals us, is when we confess to him, when we confess to others, that God uses that to make us more like him. And so my, my encouragement is here, confess before God, but also find somebody that you can be in an accountability group. Again, I am in two accountability groups because I need more accountability than just one provides so that I can have other people praying for me and lifting me up. And the third thing we need to do, friends, is we need to start seeking his righteousness. His righteousness. The righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, not our own righteousness that we feel like we're good enough or we're strong enough or gosh darn it, people like us. Not that kind of a righteousness, but instead a righteousness based in humility where we see Jesus is the center and core of our lives and everything we do revolves around his righteousness and our desire to please our Father in heaven. And that leads us to this, the ability to share his grace. The ability to share his grace with others, the ability to share his love with those that call us enemy. The ability to cross barriers and make inroads in relationships that we never thought possible. This is the perspective that God calls us to in his marvelous light. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And friends, it can lead to a transformation that begins within us and ripples through the world. In 1946, there was a lady named Corrie Ten Boom who was in Germany giving a, a speech, a sermon on uh, forgiveness. 
And it was key because 1946 was right after World War II was over, and she was there after having been in a concentration camp. Corrie Ten Boom was a watchmaker, uh, and, and her family decided that what was happening to the Jews was unpardonable and unforgivable, and they weren't going to sit by and let it happen. And, and they started by taking in one lady that showed up and said, I heard you could help. Um, and they believed with all of their heart that they were following the teachings of Jesus Christ by protecting these, these Jews and, and helping them to get out of the Nazi-controlled areas. And so they put their family at risk and they put their lives on the line so that they could help get Jews out of Nazi-controlled areas. And they became deeper and deeper involved in the Underground Railroad that was designed just to do that. And Corey uh, and her family paid the price. They were found out, they were, uh, they were reported by uh, a, f- a family friend that, that told the Germans about what they were doing and the Germans came to them. The estimate is that over 800 Jews were able to escape Nazi death camps because of the actions of this family. Well, while, while they were in, uh, in the concentration camp, both Corey and her sister Betsy uh, ended up in Ravensbrück concentration camp. It was a, a female uh, work camp. And there were some guards that were there that were, uh, were harsher to her sister than they were to her. And one, eventually, her sister succumbed to her illness and her injuries and died in Ravensbrück. And Corey was, was freed, liberated 12 days later by Allied forces. After the war, she returned to Germany so that she could preach and teach on forgiveness. A man approached her after her sermon and asked her for forgiveness. She recognized him. He did not recognize her. He came to her and he said, I was a guard at Ravensbrook and and I heard your sermon on forgiveness and I I wasn't Christian then. I am now, and I want to ask for your forgiveness. She didn't realize that he was recognized by, or he didn't realize that she recognized him. He was one of the guards that was brutal to her sister. That was one of the reasons that her sister did not make it out of the camp. He was standing before her, and he thrust his hand out to receive her forgiveness before she had even offered it. And she said that moment hung like an eternity. It only took a moment, but it hung like an eternity. And in that eternity, I I, I prayed to God because I did not want to forgive this man because he was partly responsible for the death of my sister Betsy. But she prayed that God's love would come into her and she thrust her hand forward and then embraced him in a hug. And she said, in that moment... I felt the love of God more strongly than I have ever felt it since. That in following her, her belief that, that Jesus was King of kings and Lord of lords and the perspective that we are all on the path toward grace, that she was able to forgive and embrace someone who was partly responsible for the death of her sister. Friends, this is the perspective that Jesus offers us. It is only 
in the light of Jesus that we can gain this type of perspective and truly come alive and truly live into the hope and the promise that Jesus offers us. When, when God said, let there be light, and Jesus comes into the world as the light of the world, our perspective is given new, uh, new, we are given new perspective. We can see in a way that we never have before, and we can embrace in love and in grace a way that we never believed we could have because God is in us, with us, and lives through us. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks for the gift we have in Jesus Christ, for the hope we have in the light of the world. Come to the world, come to us, and the hope we have of a new perspective, that we can see the world differently through your eyes, that we can experience the world differently by your grace and through your hope. Father, pour your Holy Spirit out upon us so that we can come to life in you. And in that life, that we can find the hope and the grace and the peace that you offer so that we can stand firm in our faith even in the darkness. And we can know that no darkness can truly overcome or overwhelm us because Jesus is with us. And friends, if you are hearing this message and, and you have not yet stepped across the line of faith, I just want to encourage you with this. Jesus loves you so much that he gave his life for you. And if you want it, you can have the life of light that he has planned for you. All you have to do is ask for it um, and receive the gift that God has already made available to you. Let's pray that, that in this moment, someone's life is changed forever as they, they embrace this life of hope and life of promise that God has and, and pray, God, I, I know I'm not good enough that we have all sinned and fallen short of the grace and glory that you have in mind for us. And so we ask for forgiveness. We confess our brokenness to you and we receive your marvelous light. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, and all of us agreed and said, Amen.